Hello and welcome to this episode of Big Problems, Small Solutions. Today I'm joined by Dr. Simo Schwartz Jr. from the Baldebron Institute de Recerca in Barcelona. Hi, how are you doing? First of all, thank you very much for inviting me. It's, it's a pleasure to, to talk to you and to participate in this podcast. Well, I hope with everything going on in uh, Europe right now that you're safe over there. Uh, we got fine. We got quite, quite good. Thank you. Fighting with the COVID as everybody else, but quite, quite, quite fine. So that's, that's good news. So you happen to be both a PhD and an MD, so I can only but assume you have an interest in uh, medical research. So would you like to share a little bit about what you and your team are working on? Yes. Uh, so our, uh, our main interest is focus into, into two main fields of research. One is, is, as you were mentioning, cancer research. Uh, on the institute, and the other one is uh, anything which is related to the liver systems for treating those cancers and also for enzyme replacement therapies for rare diseases. So we were uh, we have been working on on molecular oncology in cancer for the last twenty years in the institute. Just after I came back from my postdoctoral studies in, in California, in, in La Jolla. At the very beginning, we were mainly working in DNA damage and in gastrointestinal cancers. This has evolved with time and, and eventually, and I'm talking now about 15 years ago, we switched to nanomedicine because we thought that the, it, it, it is a field with has a lot of expectations in, in terms of being able to provide new treatments for, for cancer and for other diseases, as I was mentioning. So what kind of insights could you offer us into how cancers really work? So when you talk about cancer, one of the, the, the things that you should keep in mind is that contrarily to what many people think, not all cancers, all cancer cells are the same. So there is a subset of cells inside any, any given cancer, which are called cancer stem cells. And those are, let's say, they're the real bad guys to, to combat to. So um, they are very hard to kill. They survive easily to any, almost any given treatment. Uh, well, it's not that dramatic like this, but, but in many cases, that's what happens, that they survive. They're less sensitive and they have a feature which is not shared by other kind of cells, which is the fact that they can actually survive when they are not in, in, in attachment. So let's say that most of the cells of the body, especially those ones that are supposed to belong to tissue, they they have a special molecular mechanism that induces cell death if they get detached. So uh, this is a way to, you know, nobody wants an, a, a liver cell to get detached and, and, and go to the brain and grow. So um, this is a normal, healthy mechanism that the cells have. So, But these cells, they do not have these, these uh, mechanisms active. So it means that they can actually not just survive to treatments, but they can, in fact, detach, survive, and therefore they can go into the bloodstream, for instance, or to other lymphatic uh, systems, um, and they can travel uh, to distal, distal tissue. So these cells are the ones responsible of metastasis. And what we have been actually doing, part of our research, is uh, getting knowledge on how these cells, uh, why these cells are so different, and especially why every single cancer, every single tumor seems to need uh, a very fixed percentage of these cells inside. No? So we've been working on, on how cancer cells, and by this I mean cells which are 
these cancer stem cells, how these cells communicate uh, and interact with the other cells of the tumor in a way that they kind of protect each other. So um, one very interesting thing that uh, now it's quite clear is that these cells are able to send messages to distant tissues so they get prepared for, for hosting. So priming them for when the cancer cell reaches them? Uh, eventually, the, the cancer cells that will reach the tissue. So, And this is done by something which is called uh, it's a cellular vesicle. So most cells and those and these cancer stem cells uh, are also doing this. They secrete these vesicles, these extracellular vesicles that contain specific messages Sometimes are proteins, peptides, I mean, a lot of different things like uh, nucleic acids too. So they travel to distant tissues and they give these signals to those tissues. So they modify the structures and they prepare. So in a way that when cancer stem cells that will perform the metastasis travel to that tissue, they will hum easily in the tissue. It will be a nice humming and they will be able to grow. No? So we have been very much interested into understanding why this is happening and which kind of messages those extracellular vesicles have. You know? and, and one very interesting thing of all of this is that if those extracellular vesicles have always the tendency to go to very specific tissues, is that something has to be on their surface that makes them attractive to go into those specific places. And there is something that nanomedicine is still trying to confront, which is, uh, and it's still a challenge, how to make sure that the delivery systems that we, that we generate, and I'm talking about any kind of different nanocarriers, so systems to transport whatever we have to, like drugs, but sometimes proteins. So how can we, can we make sure that these systems, these delivery systems, will go into the right tissue and into the right target cell. And there are some tissues which are extremely difficult to, like bone, like uh, muscle or brain, for instance. So it's very difficult to, to make systems uh, that actually are able to reach in, in a significant way these tissues and deliver whatever we want to uh, these, these systems to deliver. And this is another part of research that we're doing, dealing with how to use these extracellular vesicles, which are naturally produced by cells and by tumors, and especially by these cancer stem cells. So how we can actually interfere in the, in the molecular machinery that is activated in order to make sure that we can uh, induce cells to produce a certain type of proteins, for instance, and make sure that they will go into these extracellular vesicles. So when the cell release these extracellular vesicles, we will be able to use them to target the specific cells and specific organs. And this is um, um, something that is being recently addressed by many other groups of research too. And it seems that it's feasible, it's possible. So um, I'm not so sure on uh, how challenging it will be to make sure that we could actually use these extracellular vesicles for delivery in this way. But we have already some data showing that this is possible. So how would you go about uh, using these extracellular vesicles to create a targeting system for drug delivery? So, for instance, if we use cells from prostate cancer, which have some tendency to, to perform metastasis in, in, in bone tissue, which is one of these unmet clinical needs, no? so there's no way to make sure that we can deliver things to bone. 
that if we use extracellular vesicles coming from prostate cancer cells and we understand how these vesicles reach and go into the bone, um, we will have the possibility of using this, this specific system to also make another artificial one or, or, or use another type of extracellular vesicles to deliver things to the bone. No? And this, this, this is another kind of, of research that we're doing. In fact, it, 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 is, it is important to reach specific tissues, that's for sure. It is important to reach specific cells because at some point, not all the cells of the tissues are, have the same relevance in terms of disease. Uh, so, for instance, many metabolic bone diseases are fundamentally affecting what's uh, called a very specific type of cell in the bone, which is the, the called osteoclast. The osteoclast is the one that is in charge of degrading bone. So targeting those cells are important if you want to make sure that you can have treatments for, for some rare diseases, like, for instance, lysosomal bone metabolic diseases or of some or for some other common ones like osteoporosis. So, um, and the same uh, same thing happens if you talk about um, you think about muscle diseases. There are many of them, or tumors that are being developed in the brain, for instance. So we 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 need to to get there. Uh, it's it's quite obvious now that the use of extracellular vesicles, uh, especially if they are from these origins of cancer cells, they can also be used, and we're trying this in a couple of projects that are ongoing, they can actually be used to revert the processes by which the tumor cells uh, condition these other tissues, distal tissues, to, to help them to metastasize. So the idea is that if uh, cancer cells use extracellular vesicles to uh, condition these tissues for homing, for hosting the, the metastatic cells, we can also use the same system, the same the same mechanisms of, of sending messages, but sending another ones that will revert that process. And we, we hope that this will uh, difficult the metastatic process. No? But this is still ongoing, so we don't, don't know exactly if, if we could be able to reduce it. We have some preliminary data sh- suggesting that this is possible, but still, there, there's, uh, there's a long distance uh, yet to get to that point. No? Uh, but, but another thing, and this is probably the last uh, type of experiments that we're, that we're doing now, is how to use nanomedicine to block intracellular proteins and targets which are not druggable at this point. So there are many things that we can inhibit in a cancer cell which uh, can be done by the use of a specific uh, molecules or, or drug compounds or etc. But there are many of them which are really important, really crucial for uh, cancer survival. And we don't have uh, any specific drug which is active against them. No? And, and this happens very often with uh, proteins on, which are highly active inside the cell, but we cannot inhibit in, a, in an easy way. No? So... One of the possibilities that we have been working with lately is precisely on using a specific peptide on antibodies that have the ability to block those proteins. And here we can talk about, uh, we, we just published a paper very recently on one of these uh, specific protein complexes, which is very important in, in, in terms of uh, cell division on chromatin compactation, which is called condensin. Um, condensin is a protein that is really, really uh, necessary for the cell to divide. 
but it's inside the cell. So, and there's no way that the access is very difficult because it's inside the cell. It's quite uh, difficult to reach, and we don't have drugs to get into that are able to inhibit the, the, the condensing complex. But we do have antibodies that can actually block the condensing complex. The question here is how could we manage to make sure that we have a system that can cross the cell membrane, get inside the cell, and release at the, at the right spot, and this is the cytoplasm, uh, the antibodies that will work in the cytoplasm and also inside the cell nuclei, blocking the condensing complex and avoiding cell from replication. No? And, and we have been able to do it using polymeric micelles, which can actually encapsulate and protect these antibodies. And they have two abilities. One is that they can actually get inside a cell and release the antibodies in the cytoplasm. And those antibodies are active and they can actually block condensing. But the most interesting thing, and, and this was published in this paper too, is that uh, seems that cancers themselves are very much sensitive to these this kind of uh, micelles and this kind of antibodies. So now um, that we have the system, we are trying to inhibit another uh, kind of uh, proteins, which are also very important in cancer, they, they, they are called kinases, um, to see if we can actually block some of them. Um, we have been doing this with some mutated kinases, some of the, these, these proteins. Uh, in cancer are mutated and, and, and extremely active. And what we have been able to see is that by using these delivery systems and these antibodies, we can actually block these proteins, but only when they are um, mutated and superactivated. And just to reiterate, the uh, cancer stem cells are the main players in metastasis and the drug resistance of many tumors. So they're very important to be targeted. In the cancer environment, yeah, right. So this is important because it means that you can block mutated kinases, which are very, very active, but this will not have, and and you can actually kill the cell, the the cancer cell, but this system does not have an effect in cells that do not have these mutations in these kinases. Healthy cells uh, in general. So, and, and, and that's very important because it means that the level of toxicity that these uh, new uh, systems have should be, we, we still don't know because we, we have not been able yet to test them in vivo, but should be very much reduced. Right? And, and that's that's good news. Right? It seems it, it works. Uh, so, um, and last in our research, so the other thing we're doing is seeing if we can also use these extracellular vesicles to do the same thing, whether we can actually use them to be able to block these intercellular targets, no? This could be uh, able if if uh, it could be feasible if we use proteins that can actually interact with these internal targets and, and block their actions. So that's another possibility. So with these treatments involving extracellular vesicles, do you foresee them being able to transfer from patient to patient, or are they going to be extremely personalized based on the types of cancer and antibodies they have in their systems? Well, every every single cancer in every patient uh, has some features which are common. Uh, and there are some other features which are completely different from one patient to another one. Uh, so this is important in terms of deciding which is the kind of therapy that you have to go into the patient. Uh, this is what it's been termed as personalized medicine. So it means that if, if you uh, deliver proteins that will block a specific internal protein that it's not 
uh, activated in this in, in that case in that patient, uh, it will not work. So uh, it is important to know um, what are the the the, the, the specific protein profile in each cancer cell, in each cancer type, in each patient to be able to to deliver the right protein. But if you know which is the, the protein that are activated, it should be it should be feasible to express a protein that will get attached to the to, to the to the one in the cancer cell and will therefore block its action. That that should be feasible. Those those are called dominant negative proteins, for instance. So it means that it could be a peptide, for instance, or an antibody or an antibody that uh, will interact with the other protein. It's going to do it in a way that the protein will not be able to, to work. So antibody therapy sounds like a big part of this. Um, I understand there are also some RNA therapies that are being investigated. Yes, and other options are, of course, using nucleic acids. No, this is what many people is trying to, to do, also delivering uh, microRNAs or uh, interference RNAs. Uh, there's a, that's another option. Uh, that's another possibility. In those cases, what you are doing is interfering with the machinery that will uh, that will make possible that the protein is 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 synthesized from the DNA from the genomic DNA. So those are different options. Although in terms of delivery of nucleic acids, this is a, still a, an a, a challenge in nanomedicine. So there is still no systems that are efficient enough to to make able to do this in in safety in safety manner. Although there's a lot of groups working on this, and I'm sure that in in, in a short period of time we will be able to see some some advancement on that field too. All right. Well, this sounds like a very interesting field to be exploring. I'm sure you're having a lot of fun. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today and chat with us about cancer drug delivery. Thanks to you, Scott. Pleasure to talk to you too. And that concludes this episode of Big Problems, Small Solutions. Catch you next time.